Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bill, for whenever this deal gets announced. I personally think that Josh Sargent should be the number nine. My biggest concern is that Mexico does tend to make those little mistakes defensively. But it's the inconsistencies. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Football Show. As always, I'm Lizzie, U.S. editor over at 90min.com, covering North American football, over with my co-host Gino. How are you? Good. How are you? You know, just another beautiful day in America with... A lot of, uh, lot of lot of things to talk about. On. So much to talk about. On. So much. So much to talk about. Um, I think to start off, we have Liga Mekis. Yes, lots so to talk about in Liga Mekis. I mean, uh, obviously, a lot of um, a lot of games this weekend. Obviously, a full slate of games. So, um, bunch of good performances by a bunch of teams, which is well, fun. Uh, with lots of fun news, I guess. Fun in some senses, not fun in the other. Well, yeah. we're not starting with a fun one. Um, yes. Yeah. I think to start off, we do we have to address Pumas and their situation with Nani Alves before this weekend's games. Mm-hmm. They announced that they're terminating the contract of the player. Obviously, this comes after the news that he was um, jailed prior to the trial. Um has a sexual harassment or sexual abuse trial going on in Spain at the moment and he has been jailed before the hearing and thus the president of Pumas came out and said the incidents that are going on don't align with the team's values and the team's ethics and they expect players to be a representation of the um, team symbol both on and off the field and his actions simply don't reflect the team so they've decided to terminate the contract now, when they signed him six months ago, he had a year-long contract. He just featured in the Apertura. And I believe week one of the 2023 clausura before everything obviously happened. And so he's been terminated after six months with the club. He will no longer feature. So yes. that was heavy way to start. Um, yes, a heavy, a heavy well, way this to start. podcast and week three of Liga MX. Yes, a heavy way to start. Obviously, something we have to talk about. Um, something that is unfortunate we have to talk about. Um, but as we, you know, as as I, I would hope everybody agrees with, this is obviously the right move from Pumas. Um, you know, you appreciate the swiftness with which they acted. Um, obviously, any of this, no matter what what the situation is, it it's a serious. Uh, allegations, serious, um, you know, serious charges that are being put on Danny Alves and something that, again, should not be taken lightly. So, um, again, especially with the recent evidence that's come out that, again, it is not even just sexual abuse. It's, it's, it's elevated to the, the level of, of 
possible rape as well, which is, uh, again, is something you don't want to think about and you feel for it for the victim in this situation. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, you, you applaud Pumas for moving swiftly and showing that no matter how big the player, how big the name, uh, how important the player, no matter what it may be, that that does not come above these types of situations. So we applaud that and obviously um, send our thoughts and prayers out to the victim in this situation. And, um, you know, again, good on Pumas for acting swiftly uh, to, yes. to just kind of take care of this. Very well said. Um, we over at 90 Min and obviously the Rad Football Show do not condone any type of abuse, sexual harassment, or any of that kind. So mm-hmm. chills. So, yeah, that was a very good move by Bumas. We absolutely do not condone those actions and applaud mm-hmm. the club for handling it the way that they did. Now, on the field, they brushed off the week's um, controversies and defeated Club Leon 4-1. So, really just left it out on on the field. It was a great showing. They really just bounced back and decided to give it their all, and it obviously paid off, and it was a fantastic mm-hmm. win. And, yeah, a great way to kick off this new era with the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, um, you don't want to label it as a distraction in this situation. Yeah. Um, obviously, things are more important than sport, but when it comes to talking about the team's performance, obviously the outside distractions can hinder a team. Um and it was uh, great to see from a Pumas perspective that it, it did not. These guys went out there, obviously, I'm sure with this weighing over them, obviously the questions being asked of them, I'm sure, I'm sure in the press and whatnot um, about the situation, this being surrounding the club for the past week or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's great to see, it, it's great to see them go out and, perform to the top level, a level that we really haven't seen them this season or in seasons past, uh, in the past well, it's couple funny you mentioned that. And since solely focusing on football, mm-hmm. Daniel has really never, um, molded well with the team. The team hadn't really performed to this level with him on the field. He just never fit into what they were trying to play their system, the players, yeah communication was broken in the back line so it was interesting again solely on a football perspective it was interesting to see the team manage so well without him on the field and yeah they definitely did that it was phenomenal to watch great applause for Pumas for absolutely everything this weekend great job Pumas Yes. No. Yeah. It was again, a great performance and, and you know, who knows, maybe Danny Alves uh, again, I feel like we need to keep saying this is just not, you know, none of this has to, that goes on the field has to do with everything off the field, but maybe on the field, that was the piece that was keeping holding this Pumas team back. Maybe he just did not fit in, in that squad. And, and I know it seems weird that a fullback could damage the entire squad or the feeling around the entire squad, but, but it's possible. It's possible that it could. So, I mean, we saw this weekend again, they played Leon, correct? So, I mean, not a team that is of the upper echelon of teams in the Liga MX, but, um, no, but they're, but they're generally expected to do well and not suffer a four, one defeat at the hands of Pumas who last tournament drastically suffered 
in the league. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's good to see them putting in efforts that are, you know, in that level against teams yeah. that are in that level, even if it's mid table level, that's still good to see them putting in dominant efforts against those yeah. sides. They had some pretty solid goals. Some, some, you know, I think the first two goals of this game were like sick, like from yeah. Pumas and from, and from Leon, like the, the back heel flick from Leon mm-hmm. in this game was, was so cool. So, um, you know, it was good quality football from Pumas and, you know, just now they're off and running and, you know, hopefully they can um, put everything off the field aside for when they are on the pitch and um, can can dominate on the pitch when they get the, that, that opportunity from here on out. Yeah, and um, to refresh, they're fourth on the table at the moment after week three. That's ways off of what they were in the 2022 Apertura. So excellent mm-hmm. job. We switch over to Club America, who did not do such a good job. We do not applaud the team. And they we remain do not. absolutely winless this tournament it's the Terrible. third consecutive draw this time and, and a let's... 2-2 against Puebla yeah I mean again I mean we're talking about a third consecutive draw and if yeah. the teams that they were playing were like Monterey Pachuca and Tigres you'd be like okay three consecutive yeah. draws isn't that bad but again from what I understand with my small knowledge of League MX the team that they played in the first match which I still am not even going to attempt to pronounce um, and this team, which was a Puebla are mm-hmm. not in the upper echelon. I, I believe not in that good quality teams that they're playing. And from what I understand, club America is supposed to be of this great quality and great, um, you know, expectation each and every year. Um, this seems bad. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> Listen, um, by the way, that first week game was Querétaro, which they Querétaro. Did I do it right? Querétaro? Okay. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Querétaro. And yeah, this week against Puebla, it is a game, as you said, they should have won. It's The magic about this league truly is that on any given week, anyone can beat anyone, but you do expect higher performances and better things from Club America, especially given the dominance they held over everyone last tournament towards the end. Now it should be said that in 2022, the apertura, they did start a little wobbly and then towards the end gained momentum and maintained that winning streak and broke records, made history, etc. So it's not concerning as of yet that they're starting this way. And again, we're only in week three, so it's fine, but these are teams they should be beating. These are teams they I don't even want to say dominating, but at least a 1-0, you know? Um, yeah. We saw goals from Henry Martin and Alejandro Sendejas, who we know right now is with the U.S. men's national team. Despite controversy, he actually had an excellent game. He managed the assist and the second goal, so good for him. But Yes, we should talk about him. We shouldn't he's, about It him. was really a win-win for me this week because America it? did not get all three points. And... Um, it's Zendejas. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. He had a great game, scored a sick goal and, um, Mexico tried to cheat and use him as a player of their own and they got caught for it. So, uh, that's illegal. And now he's in us men's national team camp and apparently oppressing in us men's national team camp. So that's all good things for us over here in the uh, United States of America. Okay, well, we'll get to your downfall in a minute. But <laughs> so 
Though many wonder if Fernando Ortiz, Club America head coach, is in crisis mode yet, he said he is not. He has full faith in his team and the squad that they want to get out and win every single match and win in every field that they play in, etc. I don't know if I would agree with that personally. I think they should be in crisis mode just a little bit and worry about the start of the season. Again, we're only in week three. But seeing consecutive draws is just a mediocre level that Club America should really be above. So it's not worrying, but maybe a wake-up call to say, hey, listen, we're not mediocre. We have some of the best players in the league. We should have a stronger attack. We saw what we could do towards the end of last season or -hmm. last tournament. We want to keep doing that this tournament. And they just have not shown up. Maybe what they need is a slow start to gain momentum like they did last year. Who knows? Kenny Martin just needs a little bit more to wake up. <laughs> Maybe it's the, a switch of the goalkeeper. It is true that the team lacks leadership at the moment. Um, with the departure of Memo Choa, there's no like established captain figure. Obviously, he was that voice in the locker room and on the field. So the team might struggle with identity at the moment, but that's certainly not an excuse to maintain mediocre results or consecutive yeah. draws and yeah, it I mean, was hmm? I was just gonna say I mean the loss of Memo Ochoa is so close before the se- start of the season and that could be playing a role in them for such a big leader to exit at a, such a you know close point to the beginning of of the class I mean adjust and get over it I mean adjust and get over it yes but you need to define a new, new leader you know somebody has to step up into that role and I think sometimes that takes a few games that takes a three-game yeah. stretch where they're not performing to the level that they should be. Right. I mean, and they're not losing, but the the back line is, is a little bit in shambles at the moment. Um, they're definitely struggling for every goal. It was it was five minutes that they held their their lead and then obviously suffered another drop. Yeah. So it's concerning. But we shall see after week four. We shall see. For Next sure. week is another week, is another opportunity. And we, as opposed to you, did not lose. You lost. Yes, we did lose. We did lose. I don't really have much to say about this because this was awful. It was, it was, I mean, I don't have, I don't have much, I guess, to defend the, the, the argument here because this was pretty bad. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I have the first note I had on here, uh, was Corona made a big, dumb, dumb mistake. That's how I'm going to, going to, you know, describe this because I mean, if you look at the goal and, and again, we'll talk about the game as a whole, but if you look at the goal, like there was absolutely no reason for him to come out and play that ball. And it really caused much more chaos. Like Ramirez Funes Mori was kind of in a difficult position, kind of going down in that position, trying to hold off uh, the attacker. But at the same time, like he kind of had it under control. Like, if he stays in his net there, there would at least be, like, the attacker was going away from goal. It's not like he was coming towards goal. Like, I think he made it much easier on the striking or on the attacking on the attacking player to put the ball in the net by the way he came out of the net. So, I think that was, like, I think that was just an awful mistake on his part. But, and also, I think... I want to remind, I want to remind, it was a 1-0 against Nikakta. Which makes it more embarrassing. So it's yes, it was it was one zero again. Nakaxa, um, Cruz Azul in this game, in my opinion, were, I guess, 
they were the better team in the first half. In the first half, okay. they had a lot of shots on goal, missed opportunities, a lot of a lot of missed shots. The second half, they just didn't do a good enough job of getting balls into spaces. Yeah. They were forcing things. Um, they controlled a lot of possession, but they didn't really do much with it. Um, you know, there's, I think, a big thing that they need to figure out. Like, their crossing was awful the entire yeah. game. Um, every time they put a ball in the box, it was over everybody's head to the other side of the pitch. So it gave nobody real, a real chance of putting the ball in the back of the net on the crosses, especially in the second half. Um, you know, and to Antuna, especially, I felt like his crossing in this match, like was not great at all. Like the balls were just so far over players heads. Um, you know, I think they had a lot of space out wide in the first half, which is where they got a lot of their attacking, options but rightly so Nakaxa shifted to those wider areas forced them to the middle and they just did not do anything what I will say is and again this is no excuse but I thought the referee was not great in this game oh my god oh my god but we're going through that already it's only week three and you're already blaming the refs but but if you look at this match he did not control the game very well in my opinion I think and no I don't say that his calls were wrong. I just think he could have okay. controlled the game better. And then towards the end of the game, he gave Cruz Azul a yellow card for a foul that was less worse than like, it's just like, it seemed there's like some inconsistencies in the calls. Okay. And it seems like he could have controlled the game a little bit better because okay. the game got really physical at a point, And then he just stopped calling fouls. So <laughs> yes, when all else fails, blame the refs. I just felt like he could have done a better job of controlling the physicality of the game because it felt like there was a lot of lot of hard fouls. But again, it's something that I think I have to get used to because yeah. Liga MX is much more physical. Well, not physical, yeah. but I think it's just like a different style of play to the Premier League. And yeah. some things that could called in the Premier League are not called in Liga MX. So it's like, you know, again, it's CONCACAF versus UEFA. You know, it's like, yeah. just like it's, it's just what it, you get. It's bound to be different. It's bound to be different, and CONCACAF is CONCACAF. So I think that's just part of the deal. But again, from my Premier League trained brain, it seemed like oh. we could have done better. <laughs> well, I so, think it's time we point out the most amazing fact that I've come across this week. Um, currently, Cruz Azul is 17th. Second to last in the league, but go us. And, and you, you be the judge whether this is a coincidence or not. But this is the team's worst start to a tournament in 18 years. Woo! The time that you decide to join and become a fan, it's the worst start in 18 years. So I applaud you for that coincidence. I don't know, but I'm truly enjoying it. We won Copa for Mexico. We don't need any more. Oh, I'm trophy. so glad. We've decided that we don't want any more. We're just giving I'm so up. Glad. It, it is it is no coincidence that after I choose to root for a team, they have their worst start in 18 years. I mean, that's just no coincidence. No, it's and just, it's it super literally fun. no coincidence. Super fun. Thank you so much for that. I'm I'm truly enjoying it. So before that, it you is know, bad. It is very, it, very bad. Terrible. I would like, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it would like them to play no better. Reason. The two games that I've watched fully, they've, they've played very bad. So yeah. I, well, not very bad, just a lot of missed opportunities. A lot of, a lot of just like, they just like a lot of passing with no purpose. 
Love that. It's not fun. I tr- no, I truly love that not for you. Fun. But you know who did win? Pachuca. They won 4-1 against FC Juarez and are truly leaving behind the winner's curse. Obviously, we know they're the reigning champions. They won the 2022 Apertura. And they are doing surprisingly well, given the fact that their roster is continuously picked apart. Most recently, a former leading goal scorer, Nico Ibañez, he obviously departed for Tigres and now is no longer with the club. So initially the rumor was if they were going to struggle or the conversation was they were going to struggle without him in the attack mm-hmm. and we're going to suffer a somewhat of a downfall and opportunity shots on goal um, and effectiveness in that um, final third, but they did not. In fact, they continue to triumph and continue to dominate. The head coach Almada is doing surprisingly well and it's exciting Personally, I really like Mauricio Isaias's goal, um, if that's how you pronounce it. He's a young Mexican <laughs> prospect. He went to the World Cup re- in 2022 in Qatar as like a sparring, like one of those extra um, players they take just mm-hmm. to like in training, like keep it up and rhythm. Um, he's really exciting. He's in the back line. So definitely a prospect to watch out for. But the fact that he's scoring already is so great. So no champions curse for them. A great victory. And kind of expected because FC Juarez is just like not great. They're mediocre. So. Yeah, but I mean, after after a loss last week to Tigres, right? Because they lost last week to Tigres Mm -hmm. 4-1. Um, you know, you need that bounce back against whoever you're playing. Obviously, that could be a a big hit to the confidence uh, after a 4-1 loss, no matter who you're playing. Um, But especially when you're expecting to compete amongst the best in the league and then you lose 4-1 to one of the better teams in the league, I think that's that's something that that definitely um, can get in your head. And it's good to see them come and bounce back and have a 4-1 in their favor of their own. And if I remember correctly, they also had a, a big victory a wide margin victory in the first match as well, did, correct? Yeah. Um, so scoring goals, putting them in the back of the net, it's always good to see that happen. And, and you know, even after you lose a player um, who's so integral to your squad. So, yeah. um, so I mean, Pachuca kind of picking up right where they left off. Again, a, a tough game. And as I will say, I think the scoreline of the Tigres match was a little misleading with the way the last two goals came about in terms of, just high pressure mistakes from a team looking yeah. to score a goal. But, um, but yeah, I think that Pachuca is, is a team that will be up there again with some of the, um, with, in that top, top tier um, and a team that will be competing for another trophy this season. It's, it's always interesting because I do think they deserve the roster and the head coach deserve credit because it's not one of those teams that constantly, balls out during those um, transfer windows. They they don't put out a ridiculous amount of money on certain players. Yeah. They do develop talent. Their academy is phenomenal. They've supplied great players. They supplied, obviously, Chucky Lozano to Italy and, uh, and like Eredivisie, um, Eric Gutierrez as well, who played today in, for PSV. So they're known well for developing players and good for them. And it's great to see them compete with great teams like Tigres, who – do like pay ridiculous amount of money for just like mid mediocre players, I guess. Um, But what I I will say is, is, you know, it's a good thing that they didn't lose. And again, please excuse me if I'm mixing up teams now, but 
Luis Chavez is on their yeah. is on their team as well. So it's a yeah. good team that they um it's a good thing that they didn't lose him as well. I think that could have been an, like you lose two top tier players in the same offseason. That could be detrimental. Somebody, especially somebody who plays in the midfield. Um, I think that's well, I wouldn't speak too fast. There are rumors that he's linked to FC Porto, but Kevin Alvarez has also been linked to FC Porto mm. in the past days. So transfer window has yet to close. Obviously, he was closed. Still a week left. Yeah, closing talks with Bayer Leverkusen. Um, we reported that as well. They had several ongoing conversations, but things funneled over and fizzled out. So we we never know. He might depart. And also their head coach is being rumored to be interviewed for the Mexican national team head coach position, which we know um, after Tata Martino departed has yet to be filled. He did come out on record to say that he would be prepared to take on that role. Whether he will or not is a a different situation. I personally want to see Jimmy Lozano take over, but that's, I don't know if it'll happen. Um, So their team might be picked apart in literally two still, days. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. yes, there's still a, what a week left of the transfer mark of the transfer window. So it is still possible. But again, I mean, I think we're seeing, you know, a, a solid team here um, right now. And again, they still do have Luis Chavez. So um, as of right now, I think they look solid if they lose him and things start to change and they have their team picked apart a little bit within the next week. And then, you know, again, possibly coach wise within, uh, you know, the coming months, um, that obviously will take a massive toll and we'll see how they can bounce back from that. But at the moment right now, they look good. And, and hopefully that yeah. is, you know, I, you know, you expect that to continue because they look solid and, um, you know, they're only going to get better as, as the season goes on, if they stay together. Yeah. One would think, um, and I want to mention that you said it was a deceiving scoreline against Tigres because this week Tigres, well, over the weekend, Tigres lost draw 1-1 against Tijuana, which was a complete disappointment um, given the fact that they had basically like defeated opponents in the first two weeks. Yeah. Large, extremely large margins. So disappointing. Cholos are not great. Ended ridiculously low in the table last season. Should have been an easy win. It was not. So... It's difficult to see that after two victories in the third week, that loss would come, especially against Tijuana. Yeah. At least a 2-1, but they definitely did not. Yeah, I think I think another thing, right, is like you come off two big victories. Obviously, the first game of the season, there's always going to be adrenaline no matter who you're playing. It's, right. it's a big game no matter who you're playing because it's the first game of the season. Um, then the second game of the season is against a good opponent. You pull out, you, You're up for that one. And then the third and second game of the season comes around. You've won two games pretty by pretty large margins. Everybody is hyping you up. And sometimes you lose focus, especially if it's against a team that you're expected to beat. So um, always the possibility of that. And, and that seems to have happened here to this T-Grace team where they just didn't show up for this match um, like they did the last two. And um, they, it, you know, it, it showed um, I don't, again, I don't think this is the Tigres team that we will see for a majority of the season, but it's also to be expected this. And this is a league where you're not, you know, any league really, it's not even just this league. You're not going to get teams that are dominating week in and week out. And it's the teams that can dominate or play well, or get those wins in games that they're not playing their best. That are the teams that you often find 
winning the leagues at the end of the season, right? Or the teams that you find being yeah. up in contention for that. So um, obviously, you know, listen, a point is better than a loss. Um, you would know. It, it's int- yeah, yes, I would know. <laughs> we've we've lost out on two points, uh, two points in or in the back to back weeks now. The games we did not draw. Um, we would be tied with Club America if we did tie them because yeah, Club America only has three points. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're yeah. not. But if Club America tie next week and Cruz Azul win, then actually no, it's impossible those, because well, Cruz Azul isn't playing next weekend, so it's not. It wouldn't be possible. <laughs> which I have a question about. Like, do teams take off like weeks? Is that like a? Is there like a bye week? I didn't see them on the schedule. In um, I was um, but yeah, I mean when you know do they play let's see yeah they don't play again until not this coming saturday but the saturday after again research that i would research that um, i cannot see that um yeah but yes um to get back to what we're saying you know again a point is better than no points but in a season which different than a lot of other seasons we see where you play teams twice you can't be losing your games to a team that you're only going to play once in this tournament so yeah, that's against bad teams to generally see once. Yeah, the last team um, I want to touch on. Well, okay, before that, um, Chivas lost. You know, against Toluca, I've Chivas said. Was, just glossing over the Chivas loss. Yeah, I mean they're suffering with a couple injuries. Whatever, Alexis Vega is out still. Whatever, um, he is back training independently, mm-hmm. even though they said his return is estimated towards March, which is a little strange to see him work out so swiftly um, when his return isn't slated for another two months. But anyway, we move on. Um, the last victory that I want to talk about is Rayados 3-1 over Atletico San Luis. It mm-hmm. was a great victory. Rogelio Funes More hat trick, which would have been so hard to do in Qatar. Well, I know it would have been hard to do because he had, like literally played like 10 minutes, but still. He would have had to play. It would have been hard to do in the months leading up to Qatar. Yes. So, happy yes. for him, would, but would also, have been like, nice. you know, would have been why nice. now? You know, <laughs> that's a little unfortunate. It's, but Rayados is an interesting team. Their fan base is very strong. So good for them. Good on them. And just after the third weekend, the top Five teams are Tigres, Pachuca, Monterrey, mm. Pumas, and Santos Laguna, who also, by the way, bounced back in one. Um, yes. Two one against um, where? Mazatlan. I think it was Mazatlan. Yeah, Mazatlan. Yes. Phenomenal win. Phenomenal win. Um, yes. So I mean, that's, again, Saddle good, Saddle. good, good for them too, because you said they had their team picked apart a little bit this season. Yes. This also, they have announced the return of Santi Munoz was an interesting figure because he had gone to Newcastle and he was playing in their um, under 20 team for a while. Yeah. He was never really given a shot at their senior team, but it was alone. And once that ended, he reported back. He suffered a slight injury. So he's training by himself at the moment, the team announced, mm-hmm. but he's being reincorporated into Santos Laguna, which is definitely a positive for them because they need the players yes. at the moment and they need the attack. And he's a great prospect. I mean, he's young at, believe he's 19 years old so it's definitely very exciting that doesn't mean his career in Europe has come to an end obviously he was alone and he's young and anything can happen and he might just thrive in Liga MX and jump back out again um yeah also a return from Europe where 
hearing several, several reports of the Olainas coming back and going to Tigres for wow. like 7 million, I believe. Um, talks are ongoing, nothing official at the moment, but would be interesting. It's the reason I tell, well, I do say and remain adamant on the fact that every Liga MX player should go to Europe because the worst case scenario is you rely on Liga MX again and you come back as uh-huh. opposed to spending your entire career there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to try. You got to try and make the you move. You got to try. I mean, you got to go. And if not, you come back. He's 22. So anything yes. might happen still. I believe he wanted to stay in Europe, but offers are complicated, especially with the fact that he hasn't played a full game in about three years concerning. But yeah. there's some. There's something yep. we're not seeing, but yeah, definitely not good. I mean, again, you know, you want to move up to Europe. Maybe he could have stayed in League MX uh, a couple extra years just to. Give I, well, there's experience. he could have gone to Ajax, which would have been an excellent choice over Real Betis, yeah. which is La Liga, because Eredivisie is just so much more of a formative league when you're so young. Yeah. Could have really taken that mold, learned to play better with like technique, and then jumped up from that, but. That's a whole different conversation we're not going to do. <laughs> we don't have um, to have that today. No, especially because we have League's Cup. They announced last week the final um, group stage announcement saying all the groups and all the teams that are um, facing one another. But before we get into that announcement and going behind, like, behind each group and saying group of death and our favorite confrontations, we're going to explain the tournament. Yes, it, honestly, I'm still confused about the tournament and this couple of its okay. rules. So, you know, it's it's good. I'll I think explain. it'll be good for everybody to get yeah. a good idea of this tournament. Um, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, so first fun. time we've ever had, and we'll talk about this, both all of the teams from both leagues yeah. in this tournament. So it is a full League's Cup. Full, a cup. full tournament. World Club World Cup for North America of sorts. Yes. So let's dive right in before questions. So the tournament inaugurated in 2019, and it was eight teams competing in a single elimination tournament, basically four teams from MLS and four teams from Liga MX, kind of like a quick little competition with the same type of schedule as the CONCACAF Champions League, where no league stopped, and it was just an added game to their um, already creative calendars. And then... In 2020, it was obviously canceled because of COVID, so they came back in 2021. The idea for the second edition of the tournament was to expand from eight teams to 16 to create that stepping stone, but it wasn't done. It was maintained at eight teams, four and four, um, and it was done, again, in the same single elimination manner. Now, the first edition, Cruz Azul won. The second edition, Leon won, so MLS teams have yet to win League's Cup tournament. But this year, it's a whole different story. This year, though, whole different. It's a completely story. different story. It's a new format. It's a new way of playing. So for the first time ever, all major league soccer and all league I make these teams will be participating in this tournament. It will be a month long in July, pausing major league soccer in midst of clausura and apertura. So they will come together and play in a group stage. Then obviously round 16, semifinals, quarterfinals, etc. in a world cup style tournament. So gotcha. So is there a, is there a way that this round of 32 will be picked? Is it going to be a draw after the round of 32 is decided, or is it going to be like 
group south one plays group south two or group they south haven't one they haven't given two. complete details on that right. i think at the moment they've just after announcing the groups they're um formulating the bracket yep. but there's several groups um which is so exciting so the way that they rank them is a little confusing as it would also all group stage matches will be played in the United States and Canada. By Canada, I just mean the Canadian MLS teams that obviously include Vancouver, um, Toronto, and Montreal. No teams and no games will be played in Mexico. The um, Liga Mekis president had mentioned um, financial benefits of that decision. So obviously we know (laughs) the money's in the U.S., which, you know. Is a completely different. I, I mean, listen. I as I've said, before, I said to you before. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's so weird that they wouldn't play games in Mexico. I know they're playing games in Canada and in the U.S. You would think they would just also play games, even if it's only in a couple locations in Mexico, just to kind of have a little bit of a world use it as a little bit of a World Cup warm up to just continue to. You know, if you do this and then say Copa uh, America ends up being in the U.S. as as everything as has been thought of a, a possibility, um, and you know another tournament being played in the U.S. before this World Cup. I mean, I think that's just it continues to allow us to figure out how this would work in the United States, right. Mexico, and Canada. And I and I feel like I did that in the wrong Mexico, United States, Canada, um, right. but. Um, I think it would give them just another opportunity to kind of test the waters with what this World Cup in 2026 will be like. So um, it's weird that they don't have any games in in um, Mexico. I would probably prefer them to be in there just because I feel like, one, it's only fair, and two. Yeah. But again, like you say, money rules, cash rules. So that yeah. is... Um, um. It is is something Liga Mekis fans are complaining about, and I understand the controversy. It is... Confusing. If you said all of um, the United States and excluding Canada, it would have made more yeah. sense. But yep. different story. So the way that the teams were ranked and formatted into their groups was, as it is, confusing. So <laughs> the top 15 MLS teams, which were ranked by regular season Supporter Shield standings, were categorized by location, their region, central, Mm -hmm. west, east, and then placed based on their position in the 2022 Supporters Shield standings. Yes. And then Liga MX teams were also ranked, and then the teams basically were placed vice versa. So that the number one MLS team would face the number 15 Liga MX team and the other way around. So, like, just like, you know, matched. Um, yeah. And that created several groups. Obviously, LAFC and Pachuca were excluded from these rankings and from the group stage because they are reigning champions of their individual leagues and get a bye week or by the group stage and advance directly into the second round in these World Cup tournament. That's their reward for winning the league as one should. So we're going to put up the groups at the moment. <laughs> yes. These it's are the groups. Through. 15 groups we have here, just three in the West, then four in the central South and, and East. Yeah. Again, I think this is, you know, 
it's it's crazy to look at this and i feel like this kind of gives you an idea of just you look at chaos you know you look at you look at the way things are in england or the way they are in france and the way they are in in germany and it's like it just shows you kind of the scale that that this country is compared to some yeah. of the other countries in europe um yeah. and and the way that the north america works as a continent um you know again it's even complicated. in the the distances are extreme miami to la is about a five-hour plane ride so making it east west central it it doesn't make make, sense obviously especially in a quick tournament format where it's all over a month you can't be flying from miami to la on a day within three days on a tuesday to play on a wednesday and then on thursday you're flying back to you know new york like you yeah. just can't do that. It's just not. There was not- um, those that didn't rank obviously in the top fifteen and vice versa were placed to individual um, groups depending on where the holes lie and and how they managed geographically. So mm-hmm. definitely very interesting. Now my question to you is, group of death. Yeah, I think it's hard, right? Because with these. The amount of teams, and this is something I've talked about with the World Cup as well, with the amount of teams that you have in a tournament like this, when there's 47 teams, I think it is, that are being included in this tournament, it's hard to have a group of death, especially the way they're doing it ranking-wise, because I think, for the most part, you're going to have one team that just may not belong. But, with that said, I do think that there's two... Two groups that can vie for the group of death. Um, I one in the south and one in the east. I think, and this is going based on the fact that I think all three teams in the end will be evenly matched up. Okay, I think the one group will be um, South Three, which is Cruises. Oh, okay, I agree. I agree. agree. Cruises will enter Miami and Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta is going to get a bad rap with that because. Atlanta had a bad season last year. But they're but a difficult team to beat. They're a difficult team to beat. They're a difficult team to beat at home. They have a revamped team now. They did have a good end to the season last season. Yeah. So um, you also get Inter Miami, who has added some really good players and still adding players. And you get a Cruz Azul team who is not currently in the upper echelon of teams. You know, they're in the mid table. Obviously, they're right now they're in 17th, but I think that they'll end up being mid-table. So I think that's a really difficult group. And then I think a group that may not be looked at as the group of death, but is probably up there is the East three group with New York City FC, Atlas, and Toronto. Because I think New, New York, York City, City FC is being picked apart though. Yeah, like but that's what but that's why I think it's gonna be close, right? Because okay. New York New York City FC is getting seeded much higher than their ability is. I think, yeah, they are. For this season, because they're getting picked apart. They're getting seated on last year's team and last year's season. So I think that they'll be worse than they were last season. So they fall Definitely. down to the levels of Atlas and Toronto. I think Toronto will be better than they were last season. I think Toronto yeah. had a really bad season. They'll be better. And I think Atlas kind of falls right in the middle there. So I think they can put yeah. up a competitive game and and you know provide a competitive experience you know in both those matches that they have to play. So that is why I see those as my two groups of deaths, I guess. I like your choices. And I want to bring um, the interesting factor back to South three, which is 
Cruz Azul, Atlanta United, and Inter Miami. Inter Miami obviously just signed um, Joseph Martinez, who used to be the king of Atlanta United. Yes. So seeing that duel will definitely be interesting. Um, obviously, they'll face each other prior in MLS, but it'll be an interesting face-off. And obviously, I welcome Cruz Azul to Miami. I'm excited to go to that game. I'm excited to cover it from the press box. Always exciting to see Liga MX versus MLS. We saw it last year in All Stars, and it was super exciting for me. I think, um, as a Mexican American, when your two cultures kind of just like clash in a competitive manner, it's always so yeah. exciting. Um, you hear the Spanglish, you hear the English. It's just, <laughs> it's so much fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Now, I want to bring up another interesting group. I believe it's Central Three, um, Sporting Kansas City. FC Cincinnati. This was another group Chivas I was thinking about too. Now, from a, like an interest perspective and kind of <laughs> hopping into the tea of it all. So the three of these, three of these teams have had previous contact. Like Alan Pulido, who we know suffered um, a knee injury last year and was out all season, is slated to return. Um Head coach Peter Vermees did say that he's slated to be back on that first game of the season on February 25th, though he did mention just because he's ready doesn't mean I'll play him. But we know this tournament is in July, so he'll probably yeah. be back and at it. He used to be um, a former leading goal scorer with Chivas de Guadalajara, even led them to a trophy. And he's beloved within the team, even rumored at one point to go back. So that will definitely be um, an interesting face-off. We have exclusive quotes from him on 90min.com slash US addressing the situation, saying that that game um, basically motivates him to work harder and come back because he's really excited. He also mm -hmm. mentioned whether or not he will celebrate a goal against them. So we'll leave that to you to read on our website. And... Chivas de la Guadalajara recently reached out to FC Cincinnati to sign Brandon Vasquez, their forward. They obviously declined the option. Brandon Vasquez has said that he is very comfortable with FC Cincinnati right now. He believes in their project, that talks were ongoing, but he sat down with the team's management, FC Cincinnati's management, um, and was just so excited by the project that they planted in front of him so that he wanted to stay. So... For him to score a goal then against Chivas would just be an interesting situation. And as a Club America fan, would be hilarious to watch. So <laughs> I, definitely I think for sure. And I think that group is also like interesting from a competitive standpoint too. Because again, yeah. Sporting Kansas City is a team that is going to be better, I think, than they were last season. Like we don't see a yeah. Peter Vermees coach team being as bad as Sporting Kansas City was last season. Defensively, they'll be better. They'll be yeah. better overall. They Obviously, did suffer a lot of injuries. I believe yeah. it was the first time in Major League Soccer that um, all of their DPs were injured at the same time. Now we know yeah. Gaddy is coming back as well. He suffered that same type of injury as Alan Pulido, so he's coming back. Um, Alan Pulido is obviously coming back. And they've made a couple of reinforcements to the roster. So, yeah, mm. they definitely should have a stronger season. We've known Peter Ramis to lead a strong team. He's been with Sporting Kansas City for years and years so yeah. i mean he's a great coach shouldn't be that last spot yeah he's a great coach so that that will definitely be an interesting group i think the central groups kind of those two central three and central four kind of got the short end of the stick in terms yeah, of this 
because like the other two groups like club America and no disrespect to St. Louis city and no disrespect to Columbus, but club America should walk through that group. They really um, should walk through that. Team. And it's really going to be for the second spot. Um, and then central two, again, no disrespect to Puebla and no disrespect to Chicago, Minnesota but even with walk. Minnesota, like being as bad as they were towards the end of last season, yeah. they, again, they dealt with injuries as well. So they right. should find it pretty easy to get through there. Especially given the fact that um, Chicago had like one thriving player and he has since left. And he's gone. <laughs> Villa. Obviously we know it's John Duran. Um, he did well. Not enough for the team to even crack the top yeah. 10, but he tried his best. He's since departed to the Premier and League. So Chicago Fire are really just left, I think, with um, Shakiri and 10 more. So. And wait, wasn't didn't and I, I'm looking it up right now, but isn't oh their goalkeeper as well? Yeah, Slonina from has Chicago also um, towards the Premier League. He they might be healthy, so they might be really bad this year. They're they're, they're really bound bad. to be terrible. So that um, group is going to be. Is there a group in the West that you see as a group that could be? I have one that I think could be kind of tight, but again, I think the West is. You're probably going to find. The West is interesting to me. Um, I think West one could be really interesting. Tigres versus Portland, Mm -hmm. but also West three, like Galaxy versus Leon. Whitecaps are a toss up. They can sometimes be really good and sometimes be really bad. Their inconsistencies are shocking to me. So that'll be interesting. I do think it'll be between Galaxy and Club Leon. The West, like, beyond Tigres and Monterrey at the moment, seem mediocre. But then you have mm-hmm. Monterrey and Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders obviously just won the CONCACAF Champions League and become the first MLS team to do so. So they might be interesting, but we know that after winning that trophy, they went completely downhill in Major League Soccer. So they're an inconsistent team as well. Yeah. I think it depends. Like, I think that group West two is like a group that could end up being an interesting group, but it also could end up being just like Monterey walking away with it. Because yeah, like, and I, I think we also like, yeah, and we also like like did compete for a play. I, I I think they were in the playoffs last season. Um, and I, I can't yeah, get it off they, the top of my head, they, but they but they're like at the moment. Yeah, they're like you they're said, a they're a mess. Team. So like, I think it's like there's a lot of uncertainty between Real Salt Lake and Seattle to see what they will become. Same with Portland and Seattle. I mean, Portland and San Jose. Like, you don't know where they're going to be. San Jose is an interesting project to me. Historically, they've been terrible. Um, But we know a new coach is heading in, Luchi Gonzalez. He was an assistant coach under Mm -hmm. Greg Berhalter at the World Cup for the U.S. men's national team. Um, we actually spoke to him a couple weeks ago in an exclusive interview, which will also come out in a few weeks. But he spoke heavily on using that national team strategy and having that impact and the like obviously the new project that he has, which he did keep under wraps. Um, I asked him what the idea and motivation is in the locker room, and he said he will be keeping that to himself at the moment yeah. to motivate his guys to do better. They've just naturally been horrible in the West. So maybe with that new push from Luchi Gonzalez, they'll be better. I 
I do think it'll be a push. I don't know if it'll mm-hmm. be enough to beat Portland Timbers. They're not going to beat Tigres. Um, yeah. Tigres is just doing too well at the moment and signing great players. But they might fight for that second spot. I also don't know if they have the depth for it. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's a conversation for a lot of these teams. I don't know if they have the depth for more than one tournament. Yeah. So... It'll be interesting. I'm excited for this tournament. Um, yeah, for sure. Me too. Me too. I think, yeah. you know, it's interesting because, again, two of the te- each of these groups, two teams are coming out of the group. So it's not yeah. like there's only one team that, that ends up losing. It's not like... That is um, so embarrassing. You know, yeah, that that's, that's a tough thing. And that, that's, again, the one thing that I have a problem with with the 48-team World Cup possibility and with this setup with three-team groups, I think it just creates a, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like three teams per group separating it. I, I feel like it's better when there's four teams per group, but this is a yeah. experiment here that we're going to try with, with leagues cup. And, um, you know, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's, it continues. I mean, I mean, I know we joke here with, uh, the inner Miami leagues cup champion, but I also like, like, I don't hate their team right now. You have to see how it all works <laughs> out. They made some, they made some good moves. Like, I don't think they, they, they're probably not going to win at all, but like, I think that, they're going to be much more competitive than they were last season. But again, what I also but again, they're still being coached by Phil Neville. I was just about to say they're still being coached by Phil Neville, which I don't exactly believe is the right decision. So as much Um, as they've made improvements on the roster, I'm not sure that they can. It's, it's difficult to say, but before we wrap up, I just want to ask you for your preliminary winner. I know it's early. It's hard, right? It's hard because it's like I don't know what the format of this. It's fine. That, it's just is, a right? toss up. We'll we'll so, come back to this in August and be like, I told you. Oh God, I mean, this is like a, a yeah. It's hard for me to think about conceptually like that, but I think, and, and I think the way the this tournament's going to go is whoever's hot going into the tournament is probably yeah. going to come out on top. But I think you can see Tigres winning it. I don't see. I'm going to say flat out LAFC or Pachuca will not win it. That's what I'm going to say. I don't think either of them win it. Okay. Um, Cruz Azul definitely will not win it. That's definitely not happening. So I'm going to go with maybe Tigres and maybe honestly, like would not surprise me if Union somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Like they just seem to be such a well-run team that they yeah. just always end up somewhere deep in the in playoffs in these types of tournaments. Like I could yeah. totally see them being there. So those would be okay. the two teams. Um, but again, it, it really depends on what's happening. The then moment. injuries, you know, what the format of this thing is. Because you know, if Union draw like somebody really difficult in their round of sixteen, then it's it's not gonna yeah. like it, it may not matter. So. Um, I'm going to second your union, but I'm going to go for a hot take. Be like, Santos Laguna is going to win it. The union. There you go. But I think Santos Laguna is going to lift the trophy. There you go. Santos Laguna, the first new edition League's Cup champions with everybody in it. It will. I mean, there's a lot of teams I know it won't be. So that's that's a different story. That's a different story. But there's a lot of teams I know it won't be. Um, But. We will be covering that tournament as we do all North American football. 
Um, in a couple of weeks, Major League start Soccer will be starting, so that's very exciting. We will continue to cover Liga MX and bring you the latest news on absolutely all North American football. Um, like, subscribe, keep watching, and follow us on our Twitter. Um, we release exclusive quotes every so often, so definitely a catch there. And thanks so much for listening. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.